Thank you for joining the Maven's Private Diaries. My name is Susan and I have a very interesting guest today. Now there are some word combinations that you rarely hear spoken together in the same sentence. Sex and cancer, sex and chemotherapy. I recently had the privilege to spend time talking with Tess from Connectable Therapies about sex and cancer. And we had such an interesting conversation about chronic illness, cancer and sexuality. We talked about language and how the word sex is actually comes loaded with expectation of penetration or having um, achieving an orgasm. And that if we start using the word intimacy, it can help to change the narrative and stereotypes of what it means when we are sexual and ultimately relieve the pressures of having sex or being highly sexual in our conduct. So intimacy comes in many forms and there's, yes, there's a pun. Intimacy can be touch, conversation, eye gazing, cuddling, and there's just so much more than penetrative sex. We also explored quite a few topics such as are there any differences between people in terms of illness and and how they view themselves in relation to their sexuality. Uh, Tess was very brave and talked about her own experience and we also talked about um, hacking your nervous system using breath and I definitely want to come back and explore that further in another episode. So I've worked with Tess on previous occasions and I'm always struck by her passion and dedication to guiding people through the maze of human sexuality and it really is no surprise to see Tess guiding those who are walking a journey through chronic illness. And she's collated her wisdom into the Intimacy and Cancer Toolkit. So you can download this and many more resources from her website, www.connectabletherapies.com, and I'll put some links down below. But just to quote Tess, from lover to carer, partner to patient, you can get through it together. And that's so true. And we're here to help you along the way. So at the Spicy Boudoir, we carry a range of products that will assist you and your partner to maintain that level of intimacy together. From exquisite lubes such as Hathor, Sutil and Pure, to intimacy furniture from Liberator, which will help you with positioning. And then we've also, for extra stimulation, if you need to use a vibrator or a pump, or want to dial up with the sensory play, then we've got the gear that can help you. So you can find us via www.thespicyboudoir.com and there'll be more links in the bottom of wherever you're listening or watching this interview. So we hope this information helps you or someone that you care about in this moment of time. So let's head to our chat with Tess and we'd love to hear any questions that you might have. You can drop us a line through hello at thespicyboudoir.com. Hi, Tess. Thank you so much for joining in this discussion with me today. Thank you for having me. Now, I've invited you to come in and talk to me. So I'd like my community to understand about sexuality and chronic illness. Mm. You um, have a lot of experience in that regard with your business, Connectable Therapies. So could you just give us a run through of what Connectable Therapies what your mission is and how that came to be. Oh, 
Um, connectable therapies. Sorry. Hello. I'm Tess. I'm an occupational therapist. So I am the founder of Connectable Therapies, which is a private practice. Um, I'm currently working online. Thank you, COVID-19. And I do see people in the community as well. Um, and I specialize in sexuality. So sexuality and intimacy, communication and consent, um, education as well for persons with disability, chronic illness and cancer diagnosis. And I think that came about, so I've been working in sexuality longer than I've actually been in OT. So I was that really annoying person at university who always put their hand up saying, but what about sex? Um, and then I actually found out that sexuality was a part of the OT role and then my universe exploded and then it just became my mission to make it accessible. Everyone deserves intimacy. And yeah, and then I was diagnosed with a, um, I'll just come out, right? I, I have cancer and it blew my mind. I, for some reason, I thought that cancer was such a mainstream disease that sexuality would be addressed. And I was diagnosed at 36 years old and not one person spoke to me about my intimate relationships, social connections, family connections, sexual connections, nothing. And that made me realize that it, it's just pushing a boulder uphill but everywhere, it's not just disability and chronic illness. It's, it's any type of disease. Um, so I'm definitely branching out to that. I'm very passionate about it. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for sharing such a personal um, story about that. Mm. How, how, how do you go about approaching that topic? As you said, no one discussed it with you. So how do you approach that with people who come to you? Well, because I'm actually advertised and I market myself as a sexuality specialist, it's very easy to bring up those conversations because that's primarily why people do connect with me. Um, but essentially my, my approach is safety and connection between myself and my client. I, I want to feel trust and respect and I want people to realise that they will not be judged and that I will respect everything about them as they would me. Um, and so once we've got that connection, that's when the really intimate things come up. But essentially, I just want to know about what matters to you, what, what's in your life, what's important to you, because it's not just sexuality, it's intimacy, but it's also connection, connection to our community, connection to our friendships and relationships. It all contributes to our well-being and I've noticed that it has a huge impact on resilience and that's something that is really important when we're struggling with health, with a diagnosis in a minority mm. group, including my work with LGBTQIA persons especially. Yeah, it's all about connection really. Mm, that's right. That's actually resilience is part of the reason why I went with a ginkgo leaf for the spicy beef vial because that's... Mm present longevity and resilience yeah lovely and, and i really do believe that sexuality and i'm not just referring to intercourse i'm talking the whole spectrum of sexuality mm. an essential element of our humanity mm -hmm. and, um, that's that's why i was so interested in your connectable therapies because it's such an important and unaddressed area for people because i mean life is always a bucket of roses or rainbows yeah. you know bad stuff happens and it, even that may not be happening to you it could be your partner yes. who's going through that illness so i think raising people's awareness that 
sexuality is something that still continues through those trying times, but you need support. And, and I think you're providing just that that wonderful, wonderful support there, Tess. Mm, thank so, you. Uh, it's, so, sorry, please continue. No, no, no. no I'm just, I know <laughs> so many questions. Um, you just reminded me, though, because um, it's it's really tricky working in this field, and I'm, I'm sure you're completely aware of this as well is even using the word sex you have to be so careful i i um call myself an intimacy ot in mm -hmm. public mainstream forums because the word sex is so scary um to specific cultures um even mm -hmm. just standard communities in australia we're quite mm -hmm. conservative and so it's really interesting to even just with that one word change, how much more comfortable people can feel yes. just to ask a question that's not about sex, but my partner and I haven't cuddled in a long time, or I would really like to go on a date, but I don't know how to act. Can you help me with that? That's all yeah. sexuality, but I, yeah, it's also intimacy. So that's really yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, you're spot on. And that's so true. Mm. Like I talk to, because I, I talk about masturbation. Mm. And that word is just <gasps> so ingrained. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of reaction to that word, masturbation. Yes. Yeah. Here we go. Just for one more time. <laughs> masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> so I like to use self-pleasuring. Yes. Self-care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I also try to introduce words like vulva mm -hmm. because that doesn't get used as much either. Oh. So when you hear sex and chemo, <laughs> they're two juxtaposing different yeah. words so um how do you help people get over the the headspace of having or thinking even thinking about being sexual while they're under undergoing treatment it's been so insightful having chemo myself and being having the training and the experience and i struggled so much that I just sat there and thought to myself, if I'm struggling and I'm a sexuality specialist and I'm an educator and I teach communication, how impossible must this seem to others? And I realised that it really just does come down to, oh, I'm so sorry, everyone who's listening, it's communication. It is all communication. It's um, saying how you're feeling, understanding your body, what you do and do not want, how to communicate that, how to have someone with you who understands and can respect that and make you feel supported with those boundaries. And then you just kind of brainstorm around, okay, well, these are your symptoms and this is how you're feeling. Why don't we try this? And I think one of the first steps is to understand that sex doesn't have to mean genital play. Right. Sex is so much more. So that's where that word intimacy comes in again. Mm. It's about being intimate because the word sex makes people have a sense of an obligation there is a, a potential, uh, like the escalator, yeah, maybe penetration, and the expectation of a climax or something mm. to be achieved. Whereas I think um, approaching intimacy or sex from a position of let's just enjoy what we can where mm. with wherever we're at and enjoy it because we're connecting together. So chemo is a really tricky one um, because of it's fatigue, it's nausea, it's chronic pain, but every day is different and it's quite unpredictable. Mm -hmm. So that's where the communication comes in. It's like, you know what? I said yesterday that I really wanted to have a date with you, but I'm feeling this and this and this and this and I just don't think it's going to be possible. Mm -hmm. Could we maybe try something different and rain check that? 
it, it, yeah. So there's no trick around chemo. It's communicating what's happening and then having a dialogue that is sex positive, body positive, and caring and understanding to work mm. around the many side effects of chemo. Mm. Mm. And there's surgeries and radio and hormone therapies. And yes. Yeah. Uh, just thinking along chemo and um, mm. standing past um, women being ill, have you um, met many uh, men who have experienced things such as prostate cancer or to test? I can never say this. Testicular? Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, do women and men view illness differently in relation to their sexuality? I'm just curious to know. So to use gender quite binary in a mm. binary way, um, the people who I've met with with cancer who identify as male or female, um, and I have had um, discussions and meetings with people who have other gender identities, mm. but it, it is the same. Um, the concerns, the specific concerns are different because the genital, genitals are different and perhaps so prostate cancer there is um, sometimes... Uh, erectile difficulties afterwards mm. and with people who have a vulva um, there can be a lot of genital pain or vaginismus and um, inability to lubricate so the the side effects are different but the concerns are the same how will I satisfy my partner how will, will I be able to achieve, achieve orgasm so it you know it's it's Overall, it actually yeah. is quite genderless, but the impacts relative to the an, an anatomy that we have, mm -hmm. they, are quite, they are different. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? It does. Um, yeah. I'm wondering, do you find that, because um, I guess sometimes you go through life and you take your sexuality for granted mm. and your ability to be sexual for granted, um, and, and I don't mean to pry, but mm. I guess... Uh, is your sexuality part of your identity as a as Tess or do you see yourself? Is it something that's separate? I'm just wondering about how it impacts on people when they discover their illness and that because I know that if I could never, say if I could never kiss anyone ever again, mm. I would say that kissing is, is um, more important to me actually than sex. I, I mm. could live sex. Yeah. But I couldn't live without kissing. Mm. Yeah, that beautiful question. It's curious to know. And oh, it's a good question. Um, Sorry to dig in. No, dude. no. If I didn't want to answer it, I'd let you know. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> yeah, I do actually. I know that about you very much. <laughs> Ask away. Um, when I, before, I say, I call it BC, test BC before oh, cancer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when I was pre-diagnosis I sex was very much a part of my identity because I'm also um, I'm an educator and a facilitator in the kink and BDSM community so sex which includes um, alternative forms of sexuality as in kink um, mm. was a huge part of my personality and my um, my role in the community and then with such a heavy impact the the moment I was diagnosed I actually the first thing I thought to myself was oh my god what about what about my sex what about my job in the community 
insects mm. what's going to happen and then i was like oh i might die <laughs> i was possibly terminal but it was really interesting like i could i really did see the priorities in my life at that time yeah just because of that flash moment of um yeah mortality i just went straight mm. to sexuality and mm. now my sexuality has been so impacted from cancer treatments and it still is and I'm, geez, I'm really using the tools I've got really hard, and and I still have, I still have such a, such a struggle. I really do. And yeah, to everyone out there who's got cancer or any chronic illness, don't don't be down on yourself for struggling. Just just please mm -hmm. don't. Um, the the sex educator is still struggling, so you're all good. Please be kind to yourself. Um, it is a definite part of my personality and my persona now, but in a different way. So I've shifted from um, high participation slash role modeling and education to clinical educator and um, public speaker and community builder. So it's from my insights and my treatments and my struggles and what I'm still learning every day. Um, sexuality is a huge part of my life because I, I'm just, I just want everyone to access intimacy and connection because no one talks about it no and it's so enriching it, it really is even it just having conversations with your friends like hey i'm missing touch can you please hold my hand mm, even things yes. like that yeah yes. yes now can i go back to a conversation that we've had in another forum where you talked about breath work and mm -hmm. how you had I think a client or someone that you knew and you taught them how to use breath work mm. to either achieve orgasm or to enhance their orgasm. Yes. Is that something you're willing to talk about here? Yes. Um, <laughs> thank you. That's a good question. Just segue that one in because yeah. I'm really breath. interested to know. Yeah, uh, so breath is more. amazing. Breath is like hacking your nervous system. So... You know how we use in mindfulness practice, breath is like the bridge between the mind and the body. But breath can also be controlled in a, or used in a way to control our nervous system. So if we have up-regulating breaths, so that looks like um, a very, very, very sharp intake of breath and then just, a, just relaxing it on the out. So it's like a... Or... Um, what you're doing is you're actually hacking into your nervous system and you are creating an excitatory response in your body. Now, you can get a bit dizzy and so that's a moment to stop. And you can also down-regulate your nervous system. Mm -hmm. So when you're, you know, when people are stressed, like take a breath slowly. So you inhale, but you just have a really long extended exhale. So as long as your out-breath is a lot longer than your in-breath, that's how you calm your nervous system so that's why it's a relaxation technique mm -hmm. so in pleasure what you can do is if you are starting to feel some it doesn't even have to be arousal but just some excitement and alive you can mm -hmm. kind of hack into that system and excite your breath and that mm -hmm. can actually become quite enhanced this is not something that happens overnight this is um it's quite a mm. training process mm -hmm. and if you are curious um i recommend the book urban tantra by barbara Corellis or oh, yes. any tantra workshop yeah it's a it's an incredible book and a, a wonderful resource but yeah breath breath work is extremely powerful and it can um with intention as well you can mm. create pleasure 
responses throughout the body. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't have to happen overnight, but it does happen. No. So I imagine it would be very helpful for someone who's experiencing anxiety and stress mm. and low libido as well. Yes, and especially with low libido, something that um, it's an amazing thing. So a lot of the time with clients, mismatched libido is extremely common. Yes. Even even without chronic illness or disability, someone's having a really stressful time in life Mm. The libido drops. That's just what happens. Our stress hormones release, our adrenaline kicks in. And then say the other partner isn't as stressed, so they have a higher libido than the other. Mm-hmm. One of the first things I say to people in this position is I, you are not allowed to have genital or orgasmic penetrative type of sex. Like for the next month, that is not allowed. No matter what you do, you have to stop. And if you really want to do that, you have to go in separate rooms and finish yourselves off yes. and the moment i say that i can see every it's just like a weight just gets taken off their shoulders it's this expectation it's the sex ex- escalator um yes. that dan savage refers to it's yeah. this obligation it's this pressure but as soon as that's removed that's when you have the freedom to actually connect and explore and that really helps with libido mm. where you need to kind of retrain your body to realize that it does enjoy this and with repetitive enjoyment then comes desire and the desire can actually build and if you if you can't if you can't have that thing that you want the desire becomes more and more and then Mm. you become more receptive to the touch that you are experiencing and that actually can increase your sexual drive Mm. it's a sensei focus type technique yeah no this sounds wonderful particularly Mm. for people in relationships where they have that mismatch yes or they haven't been intimate for a very long time yes and just it's so hard to make that first step toward each other yes to one to acknowledge that something needs to change naming the elephant in the room (laughs) yeah so tess how, how can people work with you to improve their intimacy either for themselves like because i really believe that for us to be intimate, you need to know yourself and be intimate with yourself yes. as well. Yep. But if you are in a partnered relationship, um, what can you offer through Connectable Therapies and how would people contact you? Um, so through my website, connectabletherapies.com, I also have um, a YouTube channel, which mm-hmm. is Tess colon Connectable Therapies. And I <laughs> weekly, I was like, colon or semicolon? Yeah. Um, I'll make sure. These links are in in the um, the bottom, but yeah, thank you. Um, I release two minute weekly videos around tips and mm-hmm. tricks and intimacy mm-hmm. for I think it's oxygen users this week. Mm-hmm. So I'd, um, and I work with NDIS participants on my website again. If you're plan managed or self managed, mm-hmm. um, and I also have private OT consultation rates on my website. Okay. Yeah, uh, and so at the moment, thank you to COVID nineteen, we've all had to transition to a digital world are you finding that your workshop methods and your counseling have translated across to this type of space so for the i'm also a workshop facilitator in um for curious creatures so that we've had to stop quite a few of our workshops because we teach touch um so we've 
created new online workshops and, and they're translating beautifully. I do uh, some self-pleasure workshops where I actually guide you verbally through a self-pleasure touch practice. And that's a really amazing way to give yourself some time to learn how to reconnect with your body. Um, so it's, that's working really well, but in other ways it's not working well at all. But the, the mm. OT work I'm doing, the clinical work with disability and cancer and chronic illness, um, it's, it's going really well online. It's mm. very, very doable, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Gosh. Look, you've given us so much to think about <laughs> Thank today. You. Thank you for having I me. really appreciate that you've come on and I'd love to have you on here again and maybe talk about a particular exercise and we can do more breath work together mm. to show people how yeah. to improve. So, yeah, that would be fun. Tess from Connectable Therapies, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Susan, and thank you for the time you've taken to interview. Thank you for listening to The Maven's Private Diaries. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and took away some wisdom, chuckles or inspiration. Let me know your thoughts, either positive or constructive. Uh, You could leave me a review on your listening app. So this podcast is the property of Susan Jarvis, me, The Maven. For inquiries, please visit www.thespicyboudoir.com.